Okay, folks, I have a confession to make tonight. Uh, I'm kind of depressed. I was on top of the world. You know, I was all powered up, and I was just going to take over everything. And then some guy told me I didn't have any friends, and that ruined my whole day. <laughs> uh. Anyway, welcome to the St. Cunard Files, the Darkwing Duck podcast. We your hosts, Mike Russo and... Tiffany Silverbron. And... Once again, Stan Lund, back from the vault one more time. Before you're put away permanently until the next 20 years when Disney finally takes you out again. Yep. Or slaps you on Disney Plus with a content warning. <laughs> so, hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Great, I'm great. Doing pretty good. I'm doing fine. I'm just taking a shot at this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not depressed. I'm quite, I'm quite... This is a good, I'm having a good night. Uh, but I didn't have a good night when I read this issue. This issue, boy, <laughs> part four of Dangerous Currency from Darkwing Duck Kaboom number, boom, kaboom, number 18. We're down to the last Darkwing Duck comic from Boom, folks. It's yep. the end of an era, but not a very glamorous one. Would <laughs> you say that it's the end of the era and you feel fine? <laughs> it's the end of the era as we know it. And I feel very conflicted. Um, so, yeah, before we get into this. Yeah, this, this crazy, crazy cluster fudge. Um, Stan, you were not on our flash quack um, about the Rescue Ranger movie. So I would just love to hear your opinion of it. Um because, you know, me, Will, and Tiffany had our thoughts. But yeah. I want to know what you think. Overall, I, I rather enjoyed it. You know, obviously, it's not really a Rescue Rangers movie. It's more a movie starring people who acted as the Rescue Rangers. You know, but I thought the storyline was okay. You know, the cameos, some of them worked, some of them didn't work, some of them were way out of left field. I mean, whoever thought that you'd see an R. Crumb character in a Disney property? I love that. <laughs> you know, obviously loved the cameo at the end. Yeah. I'd say the the two things I kind of didn't like, one was Peter Pan as the villain, not really because of the whole Bobby Driscoll uh controversy to be honest i didn't even know about any of that till this i just didn't like that they made him look like a guy who would be in a van stealing children (laughs) and then of course the uh gadget zipper hybrid children were a level of ick i did not want (laughs) some people on the internet are having a very very hard time (laughs) dealing with that yeah, I I can understand why I didn't let it ruin my enjoyment of the movie, though. Some people really love Gadget. Yeah. So. Well, and some a people whole bunch really of people in Russia do. And some people <laughs> really wanted her to get with Chipper Dale, so this was kind of mind blowing, I'm sure. Honestly, I I would have settled for her getting together with another mammal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she loves her sweet sweet insect love. I guess. Um, you you have your review on your YouTube channel too. Yes, I do. 
name the channel for anybody who doesn't know it. Uh, DMC Jedi Man. All right, so you guys can go check out more of Stan's thoughts on that. Um, in in general, Stan, how many gas gun canisters would you give this movie? I would give it a solid three and a half to four. Uh, higher than any of us. Okay, cool. Um, I was well, just going to say yours is on your channel is cool because you go through like an in-depth, like you go through the storyline of what happens. We yeah. Commenting on it on our video, but you like walk through the plot. I would assume trying to do like the entire movie on the podcast, the way we usually do episodes would be really hard because every two seconds and then this cameo happened and then that cameo <laughs> happened. And then I noticed this character in the back and then this cameo, cameo happened. Um, you'd probably have to list all the cameos first and then just discuss the story. Probably. Yeah. Um, okay. So it was good to hear your thoughts. Is there anything else you want to add to it before we uh, start talking about the comic? Not particularly, other than that I'm sure I know your second favorite cameo in the whole film. Oh, yeah? A Mr. Right. Randy Marsh. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mentioned that on the Flash Quack. I just, I, it was spoiled for me, but it made me more excited. Because, like I said in the Flash Quack, Randy Marsh in a sauna. Like, this is the guy who did some really terrible stuff with Mickey Mouse yeah. in China. Yeah. I will say, though, I'm actually surprised they didn't have Towley wrapped around him. <laughs> Towley works with him at um, Tegrity Farms. Tegrity's yeah, so, is a co-worker. So that would have uh, probably worked for the for the cameo if they'd done it. I like it, how it's super, like, normal and not really doing anything. <laughs> I, I, I mean, in the South Park universe, Randy started the pandemic. He's responsible for COVID. Like, yeah. that's awful. Yeah. That's that's awful. And Just the way one he of a long list of awful things he's done. And, and the way he did it, like I said, is so terrible. I couldn't say what it is on this podcast. No, we'd <laughs> get demonetized for sure. But I think it's funny. I mean, not go off topic, but I think it's funny how far South Park has come that when choosing a South Park character for this movie, they went with Randy Marsh. <laughs> like, he's the main character now. And I think yeah. that's just hilarious. <laughs> like, if it was Cartman or even, like, Butters sitting there, I'd be like, eh, that's cute. Aw, I kind of wish it was Butters. <laughs> oh, hamburgers. But <laughs> but it's Randy. And it's like, not everybody would be watching that knowing who that is. Because South Park isn't what it was as far as popularity. But you know the kids just by the designs. Yeah, I but, will admit the last few seasons have not been quite as good as earlier years. I will recommend. I mean, obviously, it is, is in the Darkwing Duck wheelhouse. It's a completely different type of show. But I recommend the two Paramount Plus post-COVID specials. I've seen one of them. They are very, very well done. The yeah. seasons, the seasons definitely have been very hit or miss. But the specials they've been doing are really great. I don't know if Trey Parker and Matt Stone deserve almost a billion dollars for this kind of thing, but they're great. I recommend them. So if we have adult fans of this podcast who are interested in South Park and haven't seen it in a while like I hadn't, that's what you should check out. The Paramount Plus post-COVID specials. Those are good. But, okay, we just got off on a huge tangent on South Park. <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, but it's the most recent show I've marathoned, so it's so super fresh in my head. Um, so, okay, let's move on to the comic itself. Um, so Darkwing Duck, number 18, which was yep. published in October 2011, so again, the end of an era. Yep, um, the last Boom Studios Darkwing Duck comic. Yep, until the whole thing just faded into the abyss. Um, so we got two covers again. This is the last time we're going to have two covers because Joe Books did only have the one each. Um, so, Tiffany, describe cover A. Cover A, um, James Silvani has um, Nate, uh, Gizmo Doug <laughs> bursting through a bunch of the um, black slime. And uh, with his arms outstretched and like golden rays shining behind him. And you have Launchpad, Darkwing, and Scrooge swimming at the bottom in the in the black slime. I'm worried about Scrooge because it's going in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Darkwing's on his gas gun, points at a gizmo duck, and uh, it's a cool cover. I like it. I like the emphasis on gizmo duck. Yeah. And this was the cover of the Dangerous Currency uh, trade paperback, which yeah. they picked. A, they picked a good one because this is the closest to representing the actual story. Yeah. Um, not necessarily okay. the issue, though. <laughs> no, not necessarily the issue. You're absolutely right about that. Um, Stan, we're coming down with this one. What does cover B look like? So first off, let me say I feel very bad for Sabrina Alberghetti for this one because this was probably what the direction they told her to go in for this cover, and it is the most bland Darkwing Duck cover ever. It is two yellow eyes with with a black background and in purple writing all over it goes, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> So who I'm do you sorry, suppose Sabrina, this is? They, I was just gonna say I'm sorry, Sabrina, but they did you dirty with that cover. Yeah, and this <laughs> is the last Sabrina cover. She is not involved with Joe Books, so we are actually saying goodbye to her. She was amazing. I wish. Yeah. I wish they gave her more stories to draw. I really wish they did. Her art is amazing. Um, this cover isn't. But, Stan, who do you think this character is supposed to be? The Blot? I think it's supposed to be the Phantom Blot, yeah. I mean, in the long run, the Phantom Blot doesn't have a lot to do. This is truly Negaduck's story. So it's yeah. kind of funny, like, the cover is, like, alluding to him when it should be alluding to Negaduck. Um, it's, it's, it's whatever. They can't all be winners, right? Nope. S all right, so let's crack this issue open and start talking about what's happening. So last we left, the money bin's covered in ink. Uh, they zapped it, and a porthole opened up, and there was Negaduck and a very, very depressed-looking Morgana staring back at Darkwing and Launchpad. So, Tiffany, what happens after that? <laughs> so Negaduck explains that he is the slime <laughs> and um and uh he wants to he wants to um get out of wherever he is he commands the slime to grab onto the thunder quack and crash it and bring it down 
and um uh i don't know it's a little hard to explain well it's you know crazy. what we were discussing this before we recorded this issue is the ultimate example of just and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened because there isn't any yeah. funny dialogue what dialogue we get is mostly exposition and it's literally things happening a lot of times with no rhyme or reason just things happen and so yeah the slime grabs a thunder quack, smashes it on the ground, and then Negaduck grabs Darkwing with the slime, even wraps it around his eyes. To show him how all this happened. Because he, he really needs to do that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's really confusing and weird, the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, he flashes back on Paddywhack zapping with the Tron splitter. I do like his choice of words. The stupid thing spanked me so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny I'll give it that that is some funny dialogue and then it says he showed up in a version of St. Canard that wasn't like his own it was more like a wasteland I don't understand that either is it supposed to be the Negaverse I think what it's supposed to be is an exact double of Darkwing St. Canard but devoid of all life is it like uh, Stranger Things <laughs> Kind of like yeah. that, but with no particles or uh, muck monsters. But yeah. apparently this wasn't his physical body. It was just his consciousness, and he calls it his avatar. Come on, no. <sighs> yeah, like really confusing. <laughs> and then he says the Negaduck particles, which was his physical being, they buried themselves under the city because they were waiting and then he was joined by Morgana. Like, somehow when she pooped out of existence fighting Cthulhu, she just ended up wherever Negaduck Zavatar was? Yeah. I, I don't really understand. And then this happened. And then this happened. And then this <laughs> happened. Stan, though, you do think Negaduck has some very suggestive dialogue. Um, yeah, uh, that was Tiff. Oh, it was Tiff. What did he say? Uh... Do I have to say it? <laughs> I'll say it if you don't want right. me to. Go. Too bad we can't get in on the action. Or can we, Morgie baby? Eh. Don't, Morgana. Don't lie down and take it. <laughs> <laughs> it seems so not the tone of Darkwing Duck at all. And Morgana's so, like, so pathetically depressed. Yeah, it doesn't even... I'm kind of confused because it's like, did she get her powers taken away? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and she's like, you can reach in and get me, but then Negaduck will come through. It's your choice. It's like, first of all, Darkwing isn't afraid of Negaduck. Like, stop pretending like he is. He never was. And, and it's like, he can beat Negaduck. Give me a break. He's going to want to save Morgana. This isn't this isn't a yeah. choice. Darkwing's gonna rescue her. Actually, I think Darkwing maybe is a little afraid of Negaduck. Because remember, back all the way in issue three, I think it was, when Negaduck found his home and attacked it, I think Darkwing may have developed a bit of a fear of Negaduck there. Oh, yeah, maybe in the comics. I'm just referencing the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um then we have this cool two-page spread. 
oh, this this two-page spread is amazing. Like, when I actually had an image made up to have for Jim Cummings to sign it, that's what I chose. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. What's the image, Stan? It's Darkwing pulling Morgana and Negaduck through the portal as Launchpad watches with the ribbons of slime all around. It's a... Again, these comics are so lucky at this point, they still have James Silvani. Yeah. They, they, they really are. Like, a lesser artist, this would be unreadable. Okay, so Negaduck yeah. is back on Earth, and then he goes, time for me to say something I never would. Darkwing Duck, thank you. <laughs> it, has, it, it, has, it is topped later in this issue by something a lot lamer. Um, but whatever. I will say that when I read this, I imagine Negaduck saying it in kind of a mocking tone. Yeah, I guess so. And then Negaduck does something with the slime that takes all the characters except Darkwing Morgana and Launchpad and puts them in slime cages. Not just the good guys, but the other bad guys too. Including the League of Evil, who have done nothing. I will yep. stress that these these characters have done absolutely nothing. And the giant Beagle Boy monster has his feet hanging out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and you know Magica and Scrooge and everybody else. Like this this comic has basically made it very clear we don't care about Ducktales anymore. We're back to caring about Darkwing Duck. That's the only thing that actually matters at this point. Because it's like, oh, DuckTales characters get in the cages. Now we have to deal with Darkwing Duck. So um, we find out exactly that part of Magicka's plan that we didn't hear about. Because she got him to join her by hitting her with a foof bomb. Hitting him with a foof bomb. The phantom blot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, and then this happened, and then this happened. Um, so Stan, we finally find out who Agent 44 is. Well, wait, yeah. I was basically wait. the thing was he was, she was using the slime to mind control the phantom blot into going along with her plans. He's done so little, does it really matter that he's even in this story in the first place? Yeah. Not really. It's really not. He was, I guess, in his disguise in Campaign Carnage, he was actually important to the story. But ever since it was revealed it was him... He's he's been very inconsequential. So it's like, who cares at this point? Anything about Phantom Blah, which is a shame because he's such a great villain. Yeah. Okay. So, Stan, Scrooge calls Agent 44. Yep. Who is Agent 44? Agent 44 is revealed to be Donald freaking duck. <laughs> Donald Fonzelroy duck. <laughs> Donald F. Duck. There we go. <laughs> that F and Duck. Um, I love. Definitely you know what? One of the stupidest moments. But I say, I say this out of the bottom of my heart. I love Dark Donald Duck so much. Like he might be my favorite Disney Duck, even over Darkwing. Like I love this character. I'm glad he's in it, even though this sequence is stupid. I'm still glad my boy is in it. Donald Duck is just so freaking awesome. He's my favorite <laughs> Disney character. I like his little jalopy. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. 
and we get our only um actual references in this entire issue um there's a poster on the wall for the wise little hen Which why is, is that significant uh, tiff that's his debut cartoon yep 1934 and also he has a ship in the bottle but it isn't just any ship tiffany what is this ship it's his Toontown ship from Disneyland and Disney World. <laughs> I've seen that ship. It's not there anymore, but it was cool when they had it. They had Mickey's house, Minnie's house, and Donald's ship. It was cool. So this is stupid. Donald gets in his little car that has a giant megaphone on it and starts <laughs> driving through Duckburg. Tiffany, what is he saying? Um. He's telling them that the citizens need to show, basically show the slime who's boss and to cause trouble, cause mischief, cause chaos. I'm going to dare you now. Can you name every <laughs> DuckTales character across this two-page spread? All right, I'm going to try. So from the top um, long panel, you got Glomgold, you got um, Ludwig von Drake, Cousin Feathery, and the next you got um, Duckworth. Wait, wait, wait. Between between Glomgold and Von Drake, who is that? Uh, Cornelius Coop, maybe? No, April, May, and June. Oh, on that side. Yeah, in between. Yeah. Yeah. There are some generic characters, yeah. Okay. But, okay, so who's next? And then you got Duckworth, um, Gladstone, uh, Doofus, and then are, am I going across? All the way across. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. And then Elvira Coot and... I think... Wait, isn't that Grandma Duck? Yeah, but her name's Elvira Coop. They, I did not know that. <laughs> and then I was having trouble with this one. I think it's his name's Moby Duck. Yes, more famous for comics than anything else. Yeah. And then you got Daisy and Gus Goose, um, <laughs> Mrs. Beakley. Yep. It's like, I was about to forget that one. <laughs> of all the ones to forget? <laughs> I know. Um, Gandra D, uh, Bubba. Bubba, Bubba, Bubba. <laughs> Everyone's favorite DuckTales character. <laughs> I know, right? Bubba, Bubba, Flubba. And, <laughs> and then you got Emily Scrooge's secretary. I don't remember her last name. Well, on DuckTales, it was Mrs. Featherby. Uh, uh, and on the new DuckTales, it was Quackfaster. Okay. And then... <laughs> Genie or Gene from the DuckTales movie. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go like crazy, like pointless, nerdy DuckTales trivia. If Silvani really wanted to stump Darkwing fans with like super, super, like mega, like I don't even know a word other than tertiary, but like d the most obscure DuckTales characters, he could have included Vacation Van Honk and Quacky McSlant. Do either of you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Okay, so next time you guys watch some DuckTales episodes, look for a goose wearing a Hawaiian shirt and looking like he's going on vacation. That is a character called Vacation Van Honk. He shows up in a ton of episodes in the background. He was meant to be a more important reoccurring character, but he never went anywhere. And then the character called Quacky McSlant, his entire gimmick is that he's tilted at, an, at a um like a 40 degree angle and that's his entire character <laughs> and these were two early ducktales characters that never actually made it 
but they pop up in a whole bunch. They're like the animatronic of DuckTales characters. Ah. <laughs> they were created. They might show up briefly, but they never actually do anything. You're not getting more obscure than those characters. But I guess they didn't want to totally confuse people. Although Moby <laughs> Duck is a really obscure one. <laughs> yeah. And up until recently, no one knew who Feathery was. All Unless right. you were someone who read the comics. <laughs> Unless you were. But he was, wasn't he more popular overseas? I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, a lot of them were. Okay, so what happens next, Stan? So Phantom Blot offers to, to help Negaduck and suggests that they all share the burden and power of the slime. Magica doesn't want to do it, and Phantom Blot asks for a little time with her in her cage. Make it count, says Negaduck. Yep. And basically, Blot tells her that she can leave if she wants, but remember that every moment of her life, he will be, you know out there trying to make her life the worst that it could possibly be. And then she agrees to team up, along with the other female characters in the Beagle Boys. Yep. So they all become, like, slime monsters or something like that? It's kind of hard to tell what's going on now? Yeah, pretty much. They're they're all one with the slime. <laughs> so, here's, so here's a bit that's actually really cool in concept. Negaduck bursts out of the ground using the slime as a podium, and he's dressed in a conductor's outfit with a baton and a music stand. And he's prepared to conduct the chaos like a symphony. I love that idea. And on the comics page, they really can't do anything with that. Yeah. That would have been cool in a cartoon. Yeah. Because they could, could, they could actually use like classical music or something. Could you just picture him like da 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 da, da and it's like the things are going, like the slime is going everywhere, and it's like that would be the concept is cool. It kind of reminds me of a Phantom Tollbooth. I love that book and movie. I like the book. The movie scared the crap out of me as a kid. But yeah, there's that scene where um, the guy's conducting the sunrise. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And so all like the slime versions of the villains are attacking the heroes. And then all of a sudden, Scrooge sees Magicka and the Beagle Boys in the money bin for like a single panel. Yeah. And that is such a crazy jump from just like him there and then all of a sudden at the money bin. And then Magicka says something to Darkwing that pays off in the most absurd way. She says, I put a spell on Negaduck in case he came back. There's only one way to trigger it, though. Hit him with the truth. God. <laughs> like, really? Um, all right, so what happens next, Steph? Um, so he, Darkwing's surrounded by all the villains, and they all start fighting. You see Darkwing swing off to where Negaduck is. And um, he says, do your worst because I've got something you don't. And he says, a great group of friends who will always back me up. <laughs> and you see everybody fighting for Darkwing. 
Can Another... I just... Go ahead, Sam. I was just going to say that I love Negaduck's chainsaw arm. It reminds me so much of Evil Dead. Yeah. Yes, it does. <laughs> but I, I also love the tiny bit of like comic violence that this story really doesn't have much of. Uh, he wails on Darkwing with the music stand. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't get a lot of that in this comic. I wish we got more of it. So as all the heroes are fighting back, Darkwing hits Negaduck with the truth. He says, there's one simple truth, Negaduck, and it will set you free. Okay, guys, get a load of this. You don't let yourself have friends. (laughs) He doesn't do that, but it's like he might as well just be taunting him like that. And then that's all it takes. The portal shows up again, and then Negaduck and everybody else who's part slime get sucked into it, all the ink is pulled back out of this dimension, and that's it. Negaduck has no friends, so they're defeated. <laughs> and he says um, something that probably everybody else in the world has. That's not true. There's plenty of people that don't have friends. <laughs> this is my opinion. This is not only the stupidest thing in this issue, it's probably the stupidest thing in any Joe book, uh, not Joe books, any boom comic. And it's like the epitome of everything that's wrong with a lot of this writing. Because Negative doesn't care that he has no friends. How is it a, how is it a truth? He doesn't care. I yeah. mean, the fearsome four would love to be Negaduck's friend. He voluntarily treats them like crap. Yeah. It's like saying, here's the truth. You're evil. Okay. <laughs> That's really it. And it's just like, how does that stop Negaduck? Yeah, like I I would have probably, if I'd been the writer, I would have made it where the curse was based on something Negaduck would say. Like, get him to say potato backwards or something. <laughs> oh, if it was Darkwing Duck, the actual show, it'd be something stupid but cleverly stupid yeah or or at least something funny or something ironic but this again ian brill is such a fangirl with this stuff like i don't know and then all the ink goes away and it's pulled off the money bin but we actually never actually see the money bin like standing there like <laughs> try, like we don't see a one panel I would have loved to have seen was just it's daylight now, the money bin is okay, and the characters are celebrating in front of it. Like that like, scene in uh what is it called? What was the name of that? It's one of my favorite DuckTales episode. It's like the one with Mel on the robot planet with the Gizmo Duck. It was Money to Burn. It was a yeah. super DuckTales uh yeah. story arc. Yeah, and then in that episode they like come back and then the money bin like lands and it like blows everything away and it's this like beautiful shot of it like back in place (laughs) every time something happens to the money bin and it like triumphantly comes back there's always a money shot no pun intended (laughs) but no in the end of super ducktales when it hits the ground not only does it throw off these like really bright flashes of light the smoke that comes off of it takes the shape of a dollar sign Yep. Yeah, it's so good. Like I said, the money bin is such an important piece of DuckTales iconography. You you need to celebrate it. And 
it's like the last panel before the wrap up is still half covered in slime. It's just they rush they're rushing through this thing. Yeah. And um I love having these like mini little DuckTales episode discussions, Tiff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not doing a DuckTales podcast, but <laughs> imagine if we did. Um, so Tiffany, why don't you tell us how this whole shebang wraps up? Um, so then we're at a picnic and um you see Morgana explaining that she put a spell on him um, that would be triggered when he's th- the truth is revealed to him. I put a spell on you. <laughs> um, and then you see Darkwing and Scrooge deciding where they're going to have their meals. Like, I guess this we'll have <laughs> the meal here and we'll have dessert in St. Canard, which doesn't make sense anyway. That sounds like a lot of work for a meal. <laughs> and um, he says... Scrooge is like, if you're gonna say it's all ours, I don't want to hear it. And he says, okay. And then there's just moments of them staring at each other, shaking hands, and then a shot of just all of them together. Oh, they're one big happy family. Well, there, there's your money bin shot. But it's all the way <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. Also, the Thunderquack got rebuilt very fast. Yeah. Launchpad's a good mechanic. <laughs> and who says this wasn't a few days later? True. Though I will, I will say when I reread the entire arc, the very first page of the first issue of this, you actually do get a good money bin shot. Yeah, but if this but was yeah, like, they should have had it here. If this was a cartoon, yeah, you would get that first shot, but they'd show it constantly in establishing shots. Yeah, like, this whole story arc, we only get a shot of the mansion. Yeah. Come on, man. Um, and how is it daytime and nighttime at the same time? I don't know. About the same way that it looks like Duckburg and St. Canard are so close you can throw a stone between them. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess, the imagery with, you know, launch pad right in the middle. But if you're going to, if that's the point, then you'd have Gizmo Duck right in the middle, too. <laughs> mm, that's true. And Donald's even hanging out there, too. Yeah. But notice they've dumped Gyro. He was yeah. so important. And has he completely disappeared? Like, yeah. He's not in this, is he? At all. I don't think he's in this issue at all. You're right. Well, way to dump gear loose, man. <laughs> he like helped the he save... was in the last issue. Yeah. And yeah, his inventions right helped with, save the day. Those... Yeah. The last issue I'm looking right now, he was with, you know, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Webby, Honker, Gizmo Duck. So where the heck did he go? He's not much of a fighter anyway. When all the villains are fighting them in the slime, what was what was Gyro going to do? <laughs> I mean, I feel what they did to Gyro was Gyro had an emergency and had to leave for his planet. He died on the way to his planet. Oh, no, he had to go. His planet needed him. <laughs> oh, and I'm sure there's a signed affidavit somewhere that Gyro would never come back. <laughs> and I love I love the Simpsons too. <laughs> I know. I figured you'd get that reference. <laughs> that was the best episode of Chimpy and Impy I've ever seen. I mean, I spend the whole issue upset that they never got to the fireworks factory. So you um, say a, like a, a Nelson at the end of this. That sucked. <laughs> it kind of does. I mean. I know it's, I know it's, I don't want to be so negative, but even when I first read these, 
Like, they're just so poorly done. All it has going for it is the novelty, which is well past that, and the art. I mean, thank God for the art. Um, yeah. So we're done. Uh, we're getting into bigger and better things next time. We'll finally start in Joe Books. Wait, are we not rating everything? Uh, but we are going to rate everything, yes. So finally, let's rate this issue. Stan, go ahead and start. So this issue itself, I'm actually going to give a, a three to. Oh, okay. Overall thoughts? Overall thoughts on this issue, I actually kind of enjoyed a lot of what was going on in this, with a few exceptions. I do think that I didn't like the twist that Donald was Agent 44, and the whole thing, Negaduck defeated because he doesn't have friends, was kind of stupid. Kind of? On this plane stand, it's okay. You know, but when you take all four issues into account, when you read all four back-to-back, it actually is a little stronger than if you just read the individual issues, you know, one at a time over a, over a distance of time. I'll give you that. I don't think but, I've ever actually sat down and read the whole thing in one sitting, though. Yeah, like if I had to give the entire arc a score, I think I would do a solid three. So you know, Tiffany, kind of in oh, the middle of the road, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things that, that hurt the story, but there's a lot of good here. And I really do wish they had rewritten it and maybe redrawn problematic panels. But then we wouldn't have gotten the Joel Books comics the way we did. True. We would have been stuck with Morgana and every single one of them and that they wouldn't have written the same stories. So I, I guess in the end it worked out. Um, so Tiff. How would you rate this issue? Um, I'm gonna, or yeah, I'm gonna be somewhat generous in a way. I'm not gonna go as high as three, but I'm gonna say two. I, I kind of wanted to rate it lower because just the writing in this one is so bad. I feel like it's hard to read. It's hard to understand. It the characters aren't in character, but but I think this is the art that art wise, this is one of the best ones. I love well, there's a lot going on. Yeah, this one is beautiful. So I'm going to do two on the issue. What would you give the entire story? The whole story, I'm going to do 2.5, because which, you know, same reasoning kind of stand where I want to put it right down the middle, where I think there's, like, good things in it. I think that, like, it needs a complete rewrite. But the general idea is kind of cool and interesting and... It could be better. <laughs> um, and yeah, the art, as usual, is always amazing. I'm giving the issue one and a half. Because the, the stuff I don't like, I really don't like. And it's such a... Between the story and the dialogue, which really, when you get down to it, that's the stuff that matters to me the most. Great art is amazing. Great. But sometimes I don't think even good art can save a bad story. And this is a bad story. The, the, the concept is fun, but the story and the dialogue and all the plot, everything is a real mess. And it comes to a head with this issue. Just there's so much dumb stuff in it. And really, one and a half is really for the art. Like, this is great. The art is amazing. But everything yeah. else is such... Uh, it's so weak. 
And what uh, about the whole arc as a whole? I'll give it Tiffany's score. I'll give it two and a half. Again, the art helps it a lot. The novelty, there is something to the novelty. And there are isolated bits here and there, like the lamppost, for example. Um, Good old Fred. And seeing a lot of the characters, really, it is fun to see them all. Like, the souped-up versions of the Fearsome Four are fun. The return of Negaduck and Morgana. There's good stuff in this. But it's really hurt by how bad the story is. You know? Um, luckily, folks, this is the as negative as we'll get. Because we do really love Joe Books. So next week, yeah. uh, me and Tiffany will be back. We will see Stan again sometime. Uh, but not not yet. But we will. So he's not going far. And uh, we'll have lots more positivity in the future. So don't worry. This is we're we're gonna we're, we're walking out of negative town now. <laughs> um, so Tiffany, of course, what is the Darkwing episode we're having a mini discussion about tonight? All right. So on the theme of uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers and crossovers and such, I'm gonna have to pick Twitching Channels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh okay let's hear it why'd you pick it but i mean what do you think of it <laughs> um i think it's okay i i kind of have uh i think the animation is not the best but it's decent it's more sun woo yeah yeah so in the middle somewhere i feel like i have the same problem with this as i have with uh bonkers <laughs> oh yeah, where it's like trying to have make a point of like this is, you know, Darkwing's in the real world now, but then it's just more cartoons, and it's like a little weird when you do that. It's hard to understand, or I don't know. I always, ever since like it came out as a kid, I was like, I wish they redid this episode, but had it be a live action um, animation hybrid. I, I think don't Dark... think they had the budget for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they Darkwing <laughs> I think Darkwing Duck is just meta enough as a show where it still works. Totally. Cuz it's still not taking itself seriously. Yeah, it's kind of like what I was saying on that Rescue Rangers um episode where like if they were going to do a Darkwing like Chip and Dale, if they made it like this episode, then, you know, maybe that would be okay because it worked in that episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I love the the in-jokes with Thaddeus Rockwell and uh, Crosby. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love how they're both based, at least name-wise, on staff. I mean, Tad and Kevin Crosby hops. Yeah. But That's the- funny. Yeah, but the character they make, like, super buff, almost comic guy-esque. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they also have that um, face construction that all those Disney shows had with human beings. Yeah. That the- I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> they all have duck lips. Yeah. <laughs> like, their nose and upper lip construction is... Oh, like, they, they would... they From, I think, Rescue Rangers all the way, like, to past Aladdin, like, all their characters had that face construction. Like a, this weird yeah. duck lip. Yeah, who's the character designer? I don't know. I think it was just a house design. Hmm. You know, like Bonkers had it. Rescue Rangers had it. Um. Yeah, I think it's a, a good 
um, Megavolt episode. That's a great Megavolt episode. Yeah. <laughs> He's hilarious. And, uh, yeah, I do like him. Is this, yeah, this is the one where he's, like, asking, or he's talking to Thaddeus Rockwell, and he's like, yeah, I created you. And he's like, oh, really? That's going to surprise the heck out of mom and dad. Yep. <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious. The one reference to his parents. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think he ever mentions them any other time. Not canonically, no. You see his ancestors and inherit the wimp, and that's it. I really wanted an episode with Darkwing's parents. <laughs> Maybe it turns out he never told them he was a superhero. And, like, he has to figure out how to tell them. It's almost kind of a coming-out-of-the-closet story. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be funny if it was, like, a deadbeat dad that, like, doesn't care. And he's like, but, Dad, I saved the city. Yeah, that's nice, son. <laughs> or a really opinionated mom and dad who don't like superheroes or even hate Darkwing. And he has to figure out how to tell them he is Darkwing. Yeah, they keep talking about like what a buffoon Darkwing is. And he's like, ah. <laughs> but that gizmo duck, you know, you, <laughs> yeah. that gizmo duck is amazing. Why can't Darkwing be more like him? <laughs> um, and then, yeah, of course, you get the rescue rangers reference in this episode now there is a tv show <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i love i think it's hilarious that idea that he's like not creative in any way he just has a helmet that he ordered from a wait was that a comic book or a cereal box i think it was a cereal box <laughs> yeah from a cereal box that just um tunes into other dimensions and that's where he gets all his ideas from kind of similar I wonder if, like, Futurama took from, like, this episode, maybe, even, where, like, Leela goes to that planet with, like, all the oh, weird yeah. characters. Oh, and, oh yo, Leela, yo, Leela, Leela. Yeah, and then that's, like, how she writes episodes. <laughs> Those later Futurama episodes, not that great. Um, <laughs> I can't believe they're bringing it back. Come on, Disney, stop I reviving know. corpses. <laughs> They're, bring, they're making a TV, is it a TV show version of Willow now? Oh, yeah. yeah I I heard Wait, that. I, I saw the trailer came out. It looks and cool. I haven't watched it yet. We're reviving Futurama, King of the Hill, Willow, more Santa Claus movies. It's just, Disney, it's got to stop, man. All four of them bringing back King of the Hill. That's one that I could see them doing with like perfectly i don't know why i feel like they'll just continue it where it left off and well, it, i have faith in mike judge yeah totally yeah i mean did you see the beavis and butthead ones they were hilarious the new ones yeah but now they're coming back again beavis and and yeah and now i'm less enthusiastic about the idea because now it's not even in 2011 we're a lot we were a long way from this year Things have really changed. So I don't know how Beavis and Butthead of all characters can come back in our current climate. Well, well, in general, it's I was shocked when they brought it back when they did because they're so just embodiments of like teenagers from the nineties. Like I don't see how that translates. It's not really timeless at all. It was like very specific to the time. Yeah, but they also were like hitting on women, and it's just they're they're not gonna do that now. Yeah, 
So I don't know how you bring them back. Because bringing Johnny Bravo back. (laughs) I'm sure there's a reason why Johnny Bravo isn't on HBO Max. I I don't know if anyone, maybe anyone listening or if you guys know, like, how to see those new episodes of Beavis and Butthead. I've been trying to find them. I have them on Blu-ray. Oh, really? They're on Blu-ray. You can buy them? Yeah. What is it just called? Is it part of, like, a collection or is it called? I think it's, like, Beavis and Butthead Volume 4. It's a red cover with their faces on it. Aren't they on Paramount Plus? No, not those episodes. Only oh, the old- well, they, they were put on Blu-ray. I can tell you that much because I own it. Cool. Yeah, I've been trying to watch it again for a long time. <laughs> so, Stan, what do you think of Twitching Channels? I I love that episode. It's, it's certainly one of my top 15 episodes of Darkwing. I love the humor in it, the the meta humor with Darkwing being successful merchandising, you know, with yeah. products that I think we all would love to see as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to think that when I was a kid. <laughs> Darkwing you know, never so, got as popular as the show wanted us to think. <laughs> yeah, there's so many great running jokes like, they draw my beak all wrong. They drew my nose wrong. <laughs> yeah. You no. Know, I love the bit at the end where where Thaddeus gets, well, actually it's Crosby that hears the idea for, for the rescue Rangers show. You know, I thought that was awesome. You know, it, it's just such a memorable episode. See, my opinion, twitching channels is where Darkwing Duck finally came together to really be that fantastic show. Um, and, you know, if you go back and listen to the episodes we've done, um, the show was finding itself up until the end of that year. Uh, Twitching Channels was the first one that aired in 1992. And I feel like it started off a run of episodes that are absolute classics. And it's when Darkwing Duck finally got its act together and was knocking out home runs every episode. Because right after that, you got like Twin Beaks by Valentine Ghoul, Dead Duck, Let's get respectable. Time and punishment. Stress to kill. All in like the matter of like a month and a half. Aired. But the best of Darkwing Duck was this winter 92 run. And that's when Darkwing Duck finally got fantastic. It was always good. But I think starting with Twitching Channels, it like that's when Darkwing Duck got to be this great show. And Twitching Channels is very, very like, like, that's it's a great example of the best of Darkwing Duck because it's so meta and it's just so funny. Like this it's yeah. a great Megavolt episode. Like yeah. <laughs> we spend most of the first act with Megavolt and just Megavolt. Like yeah. he's doing Carson, he's doing Julia <laughs> Child. Yeah, like, that weird fake Johnny Carson uh light motif that they use a lot. <laughs> And then the meta jokes about throwing the beak all wrong. And I don't think it was intentional, but all the clips they were showing were from Australia episodes who did draw him differently. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then you have things like just the kids who are voiced by voice actors we should recognize, like RJ Williams, you know, Kit doing the boy. Yeah. Um, I know Bill loved that. Um <laughs> And just Crosby and Rockwell, and even I was even Tad told me that the um, the animators that Darkwing scares are actually based on actual people. Yeah. So was right. the secretary with her nose in the book that was based on his secretary. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. So it's it's crazy, crazy meta. Yeah. That said, I like Star is Scorned even more. Mm. Hot That's take, the, I know. Uh, second appearance of Thaddeus, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Hot take. I know it's a hot take, I mean, but I, I like li- that one even more. I like both of them. I like that that one has the the Donald Duck part of <laughs> him trying to get into the studio. Well, that one has the cojones to totally not even be set in Darkwing's universe. Yeah. That that one is like the Rescue Rangers of Darkwing Duck, where he's just an actor and they're screwing with his show. Yeah. The fact that they did that, like, that took guts because no kid's going to understand that concept. That was cool. I think that one's a little bit more. I love that episode, too. And I think it's hilarious, but I think it's a little more all over the place, whereas this one's a little more solid. True. I'll give it that. All right. So that good choice, Tiffany. <laughs> Thanks. It, wa- it washes the stank of uh, Apes of Wrath out of our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say it washes the stink of Dangerous Currency out. <laughs> well, that's going to be the next issue. So... <laughs> We are the St. Canard Files. You can find us on all podcast apps, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Facebook, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Pocket Cast Radio Public, and you can watch us on YouTube. Um, Stan, you want to plug your YouTube channel again since I just uh, mentioned YouTube? Sure. So I've got two YouTube channels, DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming. I do... Uh, Basically, trailer reactions, taste tests, product reviews, movie reviews, unboxings, and on the gaming channel, I do Let's Plays. Nice. I, I love your the when you do the product review ones or the food ones, because it's all the stuff that I'm always super curious about. <laughs> like Flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm trying something new just today. It's a new it's a limited edition Dr. Pepper brand. Uh, dark Ooh. berry. Oh, oh yeah. I actually have had that before. It's pretty it's, decent. It's not bad. They originally With, brought it out for Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, now they have um, no Way Home, Jurassic Jurassic World cans. Me and um, Stan both love Dr Pepper. <laughs> oh, I do too. Yeah. I have a Dr Pepper shirt. I drink way too much Dr Pepper. Oh man, I was just. I don't think you drink as much as I do. I drink about three to six 12 packs a month. I don't even that know. Is a, that's a lot of Dr. Pepper. Okay. <laughs> I usually have at least like three different ones at a time, like 12 packs or yeah, 24 packs. Wait, 24. <laughs> 12 packs. That's well, has anybody oh. had the Dr. Pepper cream soda? Yeah, that's, that's my that favorite. Love. That is freaking amazing. It's so <laughs> I hope they never discontinue that flavor. That is so amazing. Like, I've talked to them, Dr. Pepper, on their Facebook page. Like, guys, you have to keep doing this. This is the best thing ever. And Dr. Pepper <laughs> still. So, like, I'm a soda addict in general. And I keep thinking, like, I can't keep drinking soda. Like, it's so bad, all the sugar. And I can't. I can't with diet. Like, I, I love Coca-Cola. Diet sodas are gross. Yeah. yeah, disgusting, but not Dr. Pepper. It actually is, like, really good and doesn't taste disgusting like diet soda does. It's oh. the only one that I can tolerate. Good to know. Okay, um, so Tiff, uh, how can the fans find you, or you want to plug any of your uh, projects? Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram at 
Tiffany Silver Braun and at Regurgitating Gertie and YouTube, um, Carney Tube and Radioact Tiffany. Nice, nice. Okay, this this one ran pretty long. Who <laughs> knew we'd be talking about South Park and Dr. Pepper tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope everybody who's listening enjoyed the ride. I am sure. You ready for this, guys? I'm sure. To, I'm sure the morning this drops, our friend Tim Partridge will be sending a long paragraph about how much he loved this episode and our enthusiasm. We love Yay. you, Tim. <laughs> I yes, so we, cool, Tim. Don't ever change. Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to tell us that we mentioned you. <laughs> that's that's okay. We love you, man. Maybe we can get a, a Dr Pepper sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Anyway, until next time, guys, uh, stay dangerous and have a great day. Bye. Stay dangerous, everyone. Don't get the slime on (laughs) you. Good night.